movies, music, television, and more. This is entertainment. 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 Rebooted. Only on WZIP. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Trey. Welcome back to Entertainment Rebooted. Today, we'll be talking about the beauty of open world games, or I should say, I'm going to be talking about the beauty of open world games as I am the only one in this studio. But without further ado, let's get right into it. So before I get into examples of games that are considered to be open world games, I want to describe what an open world game is, or open world game is to people that aren't too familiar with uh, open world games. So the internet describes an open world game as a virtual world in which the player can approach objectives freely as opposed to a world with a more linear and structured gameplay. An example I could think of with this is uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild game. I think that's like the, uh, that's a little definition of an open world game as in terms of games um, and gameplay. Um, you are kind of just dropped into the world uh, despite the four, 20 minute tutorial that you go through, which is kind of structured and I mean, you're just kind of guided on what to do and how to do things, which um, of course you find out throughout the game, but uh, it tells you, kind of helps you out, which I mean, Legend of Zelda is more catered to a younger audience. So, you know, things don't come as easy as you would think. In Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you can l literally just do whatever you want at the start of the game. You can beat the boss in 20 minutes if you want to, which I do not suggest if you're paying $60 for a game and I mean, you beat it in like 30 minutes. Uh, I mean, let's say 60 minutes just because you had to do the tutorial first. I don't think that's enjoyable, you know what I'm saying? If you're paying $60 for a game and you finish it, not even just enjoyable, I feel like it's a waste of money. But uh, other than that, you can go climb a mountain if you think, or if you want to, honestly, like, you see a mountain in a distance and you're like, oh, I wanna climb that mountain. Go ahead, climb that mountain, it's not gonna stop you. You know, when you get to the top, you can get some like free armor, some rare armor, some rare collectibles, anything like that. So I think it's pretty rewarding when you explore and your curiosity leads you to places that you would never be able to go to. Um, I think that's what the open world games bring to the table. Uh, and I think that's what I am more of a person of is being more curious and exploring. I like to lot I like to loot a lot of things when I'm in games like that, especially the Fallout series. Looting is one of the things I do just unconsciously, it's not even on purpose at this point. It's one of the things that I just do. So I have a list of games that I really want to talk about today. Uh, I'm just going to go down them and talk about them um, after I introduce them and all that kind of stuff. So starting out is Red Dead Redemption now, 1 and 2, I should say. Um, both of the games are open world games, and I feel like they both bring a lot to the table, especially the upgrade from 1 to 2. Um, Bethesda games, the Fallout series, if you're familiar with that, and the Notorious Skyrim, which is arguably one of the best um, open world games, not for me, just from sources, you know what I'm saying, the internet. Ghost of Tsushima, which is a really, really good game I've heard. I've never really played it like that. Uh, I have friends that have played it, and they said it's literally one of the best games they've ever played. I know when you're going through a game and it's like you just finish, you're like, wow, this game was really, really good, but... I mean, I feel like this was a really good game. I mean, it was considered for Game of the Year. Unfortunately, losing to The Last of Us Part Two, which has some kind of controversy, but we're not going to get into all that. Uh, the next game is Minecraft. Uh, a lot of y'all know what Minecraft is, and if you don't, kind of been living under a rock. Minecraft been around for, like, more than these kids that's been around, like 12-year-olds. It's probably older than that, I'm not going to lie. 
And uh, the last one I want to talk about is the new God of War installments, like God of War 4 and 5. Uh, prior to that, I feel like it was more instruction. I feel like you couldn't really explore the world as much as you can in the uh, latest editions or latest installments. So I like to include that because that has been um, awarded Game of the Year. Going down the list, starting with Red Dead Redemption 2. Actually, I want to talk about why I think open world games is my favorite type of game. So, like I said before, I'm a very curious person. I like to explore. Um, sometimes when I'm hanging out with my friends, I literally go off on side quests and just do random stuff. I don't know, just part of my nature at this point. But I feel like that's what open world games do for you is be able to let you explore that curiosity. If you see like a K, like it's for example, I'm, I'm playing, um, uh, I just started a new gameplay of Skyrim. Never played it before. I knew there was. Um, I knew it was a Bethesda game. The most the most familiar Bethesda games that I know is the Fallout series, um, which I play most of, but not too much. I'm not going to lie. But uh, Skyrim, in Skyrim, you literally can go to the main objective, but you're definitely going to pass by, like, some caves or something like that. And when I be playing, most of the time, I go into these caves just because I'm curious on what is in these caves. Uh, it could be, like, some rare items. Um, so... I mean, that's what I enjoy, you know. I like just doing random stuff and getting rewarded for that random stuff, too. I feel like I get kind of disappointed when I'm not rewarded for my curiosity. But, you know, hey, it's a hit or miss with that kind of stuff. So I think that's what I like about it, too. It's, it's pretty balanced, though. But starting with Red Dead Redemption 2, or Red Dead Redemption as a whole, I want to say, it's based in this cowboy world, like 1890s, I think, to 19, early 1900s, like, like the start of 1900s so. The Wild West era, for sure. I say Red Dead Redemption brings so much immersion to uh, to open world games, especially Red Dead Redemption 2. The upgrade from Red Dead Redemption 1 to Red Dead Redemption 2 is just, <laughs> like, it, it's crazy. I mean, Red Dead Redemption 1 has so many great things, like the DLCs. Um, it was introduced, uh, you know, it's a new-gen new cowboy game. I mean, I think there's too many Wild West games that can hold up to Red Dead Redemption. And, I mean, Rockstar is known for, like, their Grand Theft Auto games where, uh, you know, there's some immersion, especially in Grand Theft Auto 4, where you can go into, like, random buildings and, like, kind of interact with NPCs. But, like, GTA 5, it's not really like that. You can only kind of, like, interact with the uh, open world outside of buildings. Some buildings you can go into, but mostly it's going to be with the world that you are presented with. But Red Dead Redemption 2 brings so many things. Like, there's a lot of features, like physics, like ragdoll physics. I mean, this game came out in 2018, and people are still discovering things that they never knew about the game when it comes to, like, shading or not shading, um, like shadow work. Uh, sometimes you can get, like, features, like, real-life features. You're like, wow, the main character is, like, literally sweating right now, like, because I'm running too fast or he seems fatigued. Like, there's so many things features in that game is the small things that matter in that game that makes it as good as it is. You literally go out at night and you see more like panthers or opossums. I said opossums. Possums. <laughs> Possums that come out because they are nocturnal creatures. So things like that definitely make it more immersive and definitely a, a, a great game. I mean, it was up there for um, Game of the Year with God of War, like I was mentioning before, which it lost to God of War. Uh, I mean, respectfully they are both good games like great games if anything uh, and i enjoyed both of them at the same time because they both came out in 2018 so 
we got spoiled for that. Yeah, I feel like Red Dead Redemption 2 bring, just brings a lot of immersion and uh, that open world experience that you can get. You run into so many crazies out there. You run into uh, a lot of trouble. It, it's, it's just a lot. I re really recommend Red Dead Redemption 2 for people that are just getting into gaming. Uh, I probably would recommend Breath of the Wild before I recommend Red Dead Redemption 2 because at times I feel like Red Dead Redemption 2 can get boring. I mean, there is a fast travel system, but I mean, most of the time you're kind of just riding around on a horse looking at stuff or um, discovering things, hunting animals, going fishing. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about immersion. Like, what game do you actually enjoy fishing? I don't think it, there's been a game where I've actually, like, enjoyed fishing. I think this is what, this is the game that I was like, wow, I'm really fishing right now and I'm really having fun, so... Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is definitely one of my favorite games of all time just because of that immersion aspect. So, uh, yeah, kudos to Rockstar for bringing that in. I feel like if we didn't get that, man, I don't even know. I was excited when the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer came out because I played the Red Dead Redemption 1, and it was such a great game. But moving on to Bethesda games, uh, Fallout series. If you're ever from, familiar with the Fallout series, it's a great series. I feel like... Uh, it's more edgy. It's more dark, I should say. Getting into Fallout, um, me personally, I've only ever played Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4, and yeah, I never played the new Fallout. Nah, I heard it was not good, but um, Fallout 3 through Fallout 4 has just been a banger back-to-back -back for me. Um, I haven't played them in order, honestly. I played Fallout 4 um, for my first Fallout. It was a really good experience, and I feel like... The custom character, I feel like this is, in Bethesda games, I think the best thing is your character uh, creation, where you can, like, you know, make your own character, make them look however you want. No, that has Most games are like that. Uh, but I feel like in Bethesda, you literally have a character archetype. You can have fun with any character archetype that you have. Um, I mean, it's considered, it's catered to your play style, but I feel like Bethesda games really hit on that character creation where you... Just kind of go with the flow or go with your play style, of course. You excel in those play styles, too. And I feel like, uh, okay, it can be it can be iffy sometimes. But <laughs> I feel like your character creation is the biggest aspects of Bethesda games, especially in the Skyrim, like I was talking about earlier. Skyrim is a very, very, very acclaimed game. Um, it's one of the best open-world games. And, I mean, as I go through it and as I play through it, you know, I was kind of like, you know, Skyrim... I might get into Skyrim. I never knew too much about it. I know it's more like a fantasy game with, like, dragons and stuff like that, which is pretty cool to me. But, I mean, before playing it, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. So when I played through it, I kind of just, I don't know, I just get entranced into it. It's, it's, it's hard to explain where I'm over there like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to play for an hour, maybe just do a couple missions. And then I sit there for three hours just exploring and just doing things. Like... <laughs> It's unhealthy for sure. I feel like it's really, really bad considered that I'm in school. I have so many things that I have to pay attention to. But Skyrim for sure is definitely one of those games where you sit down and you could just play. It's not like Super Mario Bros. where you could just, you kind of just play the same level over and over again. You're just jumping, um, things of that nature. But like I said, with the Bethesda games, there's so many character archetypes that you can do, especially in Skyrim. I feel like that's where it prevails the most in character creation. There's different races you can choose, all with their own perks and own deductions and stuff like that. So you definitely have to, it's catering to your play style. But I feel like without going 
without knowing anything, like picking a race, it really doesn't matter what um, play style you choose because, I mean, you can... I mean, it tells you that brief description of what the race uh, advantages are, but I feel like you can have fun with any place though, or with any race that you choose. So. One thing about I like about Bethesda games is how it's different when it comes to story, story, um, story progression. Sorry, uh, story progression is so different in it because when you roam around in games like Fallout, let's say Fallout New Vegas, you can roam around at the start of the game, skipping some cutscenes. Like if you played the game before you know where certain things are. You can literally skip through cutscenes and skip through all this kind of story stuff and just go straight to where you want to be. And I feel like that's what I like about it too, where you're like going to a random place and you're like, oh, I was supposed to be here like two like two missions ahead of where I am right now. And so, I mean, you just meet new people and especially it feels so good when you do something and then you're like, oh, I just did this just because I felt like doing it. And then when you go to a person that's like a story mission, they were like, oh, I need this and this and this and this. And you're like, oh, well, I already got that. So I don't have to do all that, which is, that's what I like about it. And especially in Skyrim, that happens a lot in Skyrim where you kind of just uh, play the game and you're rewarded with that kind of stuff. So that's what I like about um, Bethesda games. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I always have a hard time pronouncing that, even though it's really, really easy to pronounce. Ghost of Tsushima is a, a, a game that has brought a lot of uh, notoriety to the open world games, I should say. It's definitely not the last of its kind, um, and I don't think it was the first of its kind. It kind of reminds me of um, Batman, Arkham, the Arkham series. I think, yeah, the Arkham series is kind of open world where you can just go along. It has the same kind of combat system, I feel like. And I think that's what people liked about it is the combat system. Uh, it's very different, <laughs> very different. You can be like an archer, you can be a master swordsman. But I mean, it's placed in um, feudal Japan where you're like at war with things. So you're gonna be running into bad guys. You're gonna be cutting people down. You're gonna be doing all those kind of things. You can ride a horse. I mean, riding horses seems pretty cool to me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as you can tell, I play Red Dead Redemption 2, and that's probably one of my favorite games. But I've never played Ghost of Tsushima personally, um, but I've heard from my friends that it's literally probably one of the best open world games that they play, like I said earlier. The one thing I do know about Ghost of Tsushima is the beauty of the game, like the beauty of the landscape, the beauty of the trees. You get to notice so many things, especially if you play it on a PlayStation 5. I feel like the graphics is just so great. You can literally just sit there and be de-stressed just by looking at the game. That's how beautiful it is to me. And I mean, when you think of Japan, you think of cherry blossom trees, you think of um, like, uh, what do they call it? Temples, you think of, um, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And I feel like in Ghost of Tsushima, that is so prevalent. And I think that's what brings the beauty of it because of just the variety of stuff that goes along with it. I, I think from what I've seen, and from what I've heard about the game, I mean, this, the map is, I think it's pretty big. And so there's so much for you to see and there's so much beauty for you to just like sit there and be like, yes, this is what I like. And I forgot to mention, and Bethesda games, especially Skyrim, or not Skyrim, um, oh, Skyrim 2 and um, Fallout, you can listen to music while you're doing this kind of like exploring and stuff like that. Where Fallout is more old, older music, like 50s kind of stuff. I don't know if y'all enjoy that, but honestly like <laughs> for me playing fallout as a kid uh that's like a nostalgia thing for me and 
old music is definitely like it relaxes me. I listen to old music when I'm doing homework. That's when I feel like I get the most work done. Um, you know, so that music too can the soundtrack of games can just bring that peace and that um nostalgia sometimes if you haven't played the game in so long and you hear music like that, you know what I'm saying? It definitely brings that peace and that uh that relaxation. So that's Ghost of Tsushima. Like I said before, it lost to The Last of Us Part Two and Game of the Year. I don't want to talk too much about The Last of Us, but I heard I never played it personally, but I've heard the first one was really, really, not even really, really good. The first one was great, phenomenal, and then the second one it was kind of iffy. I feel like if you play the game, you probably know what you know what I'm talking about. But there's a certain part in the game where it just like what 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 just happened. Um, <laughs> I've been spoiled just because my friend he loves uh, The Last of Us, so he tells me all about it. But you know, there's certain decisions that were made in that game that was like uh, I don't know. It's kind of kind of downplayed the whole game, the game as a whole. But I mean, it's still a beautiful game. I've seen a lot of gameplay of The Last of Us. Uh, used to watch YouTubers like um, Berlizzi play The Last of Us and things like that. So. I can definitely understand why The Last of Us won over Ghost of Tsushima, but both games are phenomenal. Both games are bad, are good in their respective rights. But the next game that I want to talk about is Minecraft. And if you've never played Minecraft and you don't know what Minecraft is, feel sorry for you, honestly. Like, <laughs> as a kid, you know, me playing Minecraft with my friends, that's a core memory that I have in my mind. So, I don't know, I just... I just Kind of go back to Minecraft maybe like once a year, honestly, and just do it like a whole uh, survival uh, survival map where I'm just with my friends and we're just kind of like exploring. I'm more the explorer of the group where I just, you know, go around, filling up the map, seeing what's out there, going through caves, finding treasure. So there's a lot of things, especially in newer gen Minecraft that you can do. Um, old gen Minecraft, you know, it, it, the music, like I said before, music can definitely impact the game i don't know it may seem weird to most people that a blocky game is so popular i mean you kind of it's kind of like ghost of tsushima where you just can sit back and like look at the landscape of the game and just be like wow this is really great even though it's literally made out of squares it's it's it's, it's surprisingly the probably one of the best and definitely one of the most popular open open world games out right now um, it has a lot of deep caves. There's a lot of been a lot of updates with the cave system, so you know that's pretty cool. There's mountains that you could discover, um, mobs like the monsters, like uh, skeletons, zombies, things like that. There's like mob spawners. Uh, you can go to the Nether and fight the Ender Dragon. Minecraft is Minecraft, and if you don't like Minecraft, I really don't like you. I'm not gonna lie, uh, unless you don't know what it is. But if you know what it is, you don't like Minecraft. I mean, we probably gonna have some problems, but. Yeah, Minecraft is definitely one of the best games for me. So many memories, but uh, you can definitely play at your own play. One thing I like about it, too, is you can play at your own play pace. Uh, if you like gardening or something like that, you could definitely do that. <laughs> That's one of the features. If you like exploring like I do, you can do that. If you like mining, you can do that. If you like building houses, architecture, things like that. You can do that. So there's so many possibilities with Minecraft, and that's what I like about it, too. You could play at your own pace, do what you want, and, I mean, everything's going to be there when you get back. So the next game I want to talk about is God of War. The newer God of War opposed to the older God of War, like God of War 3. And I've never played 2, but I played 3. 
God of War 3 is more structural, like, uh, I wouldn't say like Mario, but you definitely go through different levels of the game, you progress, um, and then the story ends. That's it. But in God of War 4, definitely changed, definitely a change in the main character. Kratos <laughs> took a huge turn from what he used to be. If you know, you know. But um, God of War 4 brings so much. It's different. It's a, it's a different world. It's a different game. And I think we all needed that in 2018. And I think in all respect to Red Dead Redemption 2, it definitely should have won um, game, of the, game of the Year. I mean, which it did, but I support that, that it should have won. Because it's so, if you've seen, if you played the past God of Wars, it's so different from that. Like, I can't even explain it. The character development, the world, the graphics. Uh, I think the first or the third God of War came out on PlayStation 3. But you could definitely play it on PlayStation 4. And then God of War 4 came out on PlayStation 4. But that jump from God of War 3 to play God of War 4 in terms of graphics, yeah, unless you look at it, I can't I can't even really tell you, honestly. You just got to look at it. It's, it's really good. Um, it's different. And um, when you progress through the game, you are you interact with these characters and you grow to love them. And you grow to love their change that they go through, especially the main character Kratos from God of War 4 to God of War 5. Even from God of War three to God of War five, he just takes like a huge, huge leap of of um, being who he's supposed to be and being the father to his um, his son that is introduced in God of War four, Atreus. Uh, so hey, you going around the world with him could definitely bring a different perspective on fatherhood. It could bring a different perspective on you as a person. Um, it could bring a perspective on the people around you all their stories and who they are as a person, what links they have to other people. It, it's just such a great game. And I really recommend you uh, play maybe God of War 3, 2, God of War 5. I'm not going to lie. For people that don't like older games, you're not probably going to enjoy God of War 2. Uh, I never played it personally, but, I mean, I know what it looks like and I know the story of it. But God of War 4 and God of War 5, or I should talk about God of War 5. God of War 5 has aspects like God of War 4, but, I mean, they're just upgraded. You know, it's the same characters, kind of. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much, so I'm not trying to talk about it as much. But God of War 5 is definitely a more open-world experience than God of War 4. You know, you go through the story, you progress, you unlock uh, areas, you unlock um, enemies you can interact with, the progression. And if you like North mythology, or mythology as a whole, because God of War 3 had Greek mythology. If you like mythology, I definitely recommend God of War because that is a deep, deep, deep. It's just deep <laughs> about the mythology on there. So, I mean, if you like that, that kind of stuff, get on that. Like, you got to get on that because it's a great experience. But, yeah, I really like that God of War. Uh, the visual leak that it had, combat system, it's not too similar with the Arkham series, but it's definitely one of those things where it's like, wow, this combat system is crazy. You can be as creative as you want to be. Uh, swinging around or axe and swinging around the um, blades of chaos, it's just fun slashing and hacking enemies. As as Kratos, like yeah, it's really fun. Now that I uh, wrapped up the games that I really wanted to talk about, I just want to talk about open world games in general. Uh, I talked about the play styles earlier. Uh, you know, you going around collecting things, or you doing the main missions. You just doing the side missions and then doing the main missions. It's your play style, and I feel that's what open world games brings to the table. 
it's catered to how you play, not how others play. It's not really a, a restricting game to where if you want to do this, you can't do it because, you know, that's just not how it is. But in open world games, you could just do whatever you want. That's what I like about it. There's certain collectibles in open world games. Um, one game I could think of is Spider-Man, the Spider-Man, the new Insomniac. Or I think it's like, yeah, Insomniac uh, games on Sony. They have collectibles that you could play where you could just 100% the games, unlock a suit, stuff like that, where you can just unlock things, and I feel like that's cool. Uh, exploring around definitely levels you up quicker. Like in Skyrim, if you're exploring, you go through caves, you, you beat people all the time, you know. You're constantly leveling up, and you're constantly getting stronger. So the story mode missions aren't as hard as they would be if you were just do the story missions. Um, but I think Skyrim kind of makes up for that where if you do the story missions, they're going to be just harder because you don't have as much as you would if you were to go around. So they support the idea of exploration and curiosity. So definitely do that when you're playing games like this. And one thing I like to and the last thing I like to say about open world games, at least the pros of open world games, is how immersed it is, especially in the example of Red Dead Redemption 2, where you're just connected to the characters. Um, I don't want to spoil the story too much of Red Dead Redemption 2, but there is a part in the scene where it just takes a whole turn for you as a player and for the character too. I mean, obviously, you're playing as a character, but you feel more connected to that character after what happens to them. You know, you still go through that you still play as them as they go through that experience. And, you know, you just see what happens. And it's just like, wow. Like, after completing Red Dead Redemption 2, I was just like, wow. I want to say way more than that, but I just can't if I don't want to spoil it. Uh, it's, it's too good of a game to just spoil it like that. So um, you're just going to have to play it to see what I'm talking about. Or you just spoil yourself and look it up online. But I recommend just playing it. But getting into the downsides of open world games, you know, there is a good amount of downsides of open world games, at least from my perspective. Uh, things I can come up with are the level of detail. You know, in some open world games, like uh, older generation things, like God of War 3 or GTA 4, there's not a lot of detail in like the grass or the buildings or the cars or your uh, character, for example, like the hair or the clothes, like things like that. I think that's what people are more worried about quality instead of just like having such an open world game and it being massive. But I mean, you know, with older games, you can't really complain about that too much because I mean, it came out in like 2007. How am I supposed to have game graphics that are competing with a game that came out in 2023? That I do not know. People are just pin or finicky when it comes to stuff like that and they really are just picky. But uh, the second thing is NPC interactions. Um, I can think of an example in Skyrim where if I were to just come in with armor that is so, like, not just high-level armor, and I have to fight these bandits, you know what I'm saying? Let's say there's four of them. I cut down two, and the other two are like, oh, yeah, I got this. Like, I can beat this dude. Dude, no, you can't. You, you can't beat me. I just cut down two of your friends, bro. But I think people are expecting more games, especially recent games, to have that NPC interaction where it's like, oh, he just, like, killed two of my friends. Let me get up out of here, or I need to pledge loyalty to this dude before he kills me. Um, it's just stuff like that. Like I said, people are just really, really picky. Um, I don't think that's too bad of a thing, you know what I'm saying? It's not every game is going to have that, especially older games. 
But the next thing I want to talk about is glitches and bugs, which is prevalent in open world games, especially Bethesda games. I mean, their glitches and bugs are probably one of the most notorious things that happen in their games. But I think that's what makes it fun, you know what I'm saying? A game that's really, really big or really open, there's bound to be things that you can do that aren't supposed to happen, like glitches. Um, sometimes you could exploit these glitches. <laughs> but, I mean, it's really not too bad unless it affects, like, how you play overall. I mean, most of the glitches that I'm talking about is just, like, an NPC not having a head or something like that. It hasn't loaded in or whatever like that. or Things like that. It's just small stuff, so... Uh, like, all the downsides that I've been talking about so far, people are just picky. Um, in the Fallout series, too, they have a lot of missions where it's just like you're running errands for people. Uh, that I can understand. There's an example for Fallout 4. There's a character that literally is there to just have you run errands for him, tell you to, like, kill these enemies, get this base, and then, okay, I got another mission for you. And it's the same exact thing over and over and over again. That's the only like the, that's the only understandable downside of open world games that I can agree with is that running errands. People are not competent enough in open world games because I feel like I'm doing everything. But I mean, hey, you are the main character. Uh, it's getting you levels, so hey, how can I really like complain? And then that can go into the quality of quests. I know in The Witcher 3, there's a lot of side quests that you could do, and I think some of them are actually pretty good, but, I mean, there's so many side quests that there's bound to be a couple boring side quests where you're just, like, you're riding on a wagon, somebody's talking to you, where you could just, like, literally eat a bottle of soup and still be riding on that wagon. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with quantity, a lot of quantity comes lack of quality, and, I mean, that, that that's just bound to happen, you know what I'm saying? Uh, for a game that has, like, a lot of side quests, you know, it's hard to just keep upkeep that quality of um, a quest, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, like I said before, you know, that just comes with you leveling up, you progressing through the story. Hey, maybe you get some, like, super rare armor because you sat in a wagon for five, not even five hours, that's crazy. Like, 30 minutes, just uh, having somebody talk to you, I don't know, maybe they gift you something. So, I think some of them are worthwhile, but most of them, I can understand where they're kind of boring. Yeah, that was the only downsides I can really think of. Uh, getting to the closing end of this um, segment, I want to say I love open world games just because they're part of my childhood and they bring out the best in me and they bring out the creativity in me, the curiosity in me. Uh, so I think that's why I love open world games where I could just be myself, you know what I'm saying? Just do what I want to do, do things at my own pace. I have to worry about, like, I have to complete this mission, you know what I'm saying? And then if it doesn't save, I can just, I can do the mission a different type of way, things like that. So, I mean, it, it's just endless possibilities that I feel like open world games have and that other games don't bring, like Super Mario, where you're just running, like a platform game, where you're just running through the platform, complete, getting the boss, saving the princess, and like, blah, blah, blah. That, <laughs> you know, that, that just keeps coming up. And, I mean, honestly, uh... I like Sonic more than I like Mario, but I feel like that's the same thing. We're just running through the levels. You got to say the princess. You got to do all this kind of stuff. So uh, open world games definitely bring that not boring aspect, the not repetitive aspect. Where it can get repetitive sometimes, but it's less repetitive than a game like Mario or Sonic. That's honestly why I keep coming back to it's kind of the same thing with open world games, but not the same thing. 
like uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 came out and then Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. It's like, why are you playing the same game? It's not the same game. It's not the same story. It's not the same characters. It's not the same world. It's just exploring that new world. You, ju I just can't get enough of that, and that's what I like about it too. But the future of open world games definitely are bright, and I feel like with the amount of game developers that are listening to their audience, there's going to be games that bring features that people are begging game industries to implement in games. So things like Spider-Man 2 that just came out, you know, you got features like where you can glide around like in the um, spider wings or whatever they're called. It's really cool, especially in graphic wise. Graphic wise is crazy right now. Like <laughs> some of the like some of the clips I've seen for Spider-Man 2, I couldn't even distinguish if it was like real or a game because it just looks so real. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely a thing I would like to see in the future for open world games is how good they're going to look, how well they're going to play, how many things they're going to have, like small details, interactions with NPCs, your character. That's just really, really exciting for me. And I, I can't wait for more games to come out. So if you stay throughout this whole rant of me talking about open world games, I really, really appreciate you. And I will be closing on that note. I don't really have anything else to say about open world games, you know. If you like open world games, I hope you enjoyed this segment like I did. And uh, peace, love, and blessing to all. Hope y'all have a great rest of your day.